Warning, the Grow Your Salon Fast Show contains content that may offend. The hosts don't care. If you want to grow your salon fast, keep listening and find out more at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. But for now, here's your hosts, Vagar Svanberg and Kat Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with me, Kat, the QBV, and with me, I also have Vagard. Hi, Vagard. Hello, hello, hello. I'm here. <laughs> on a high. <laughs> on a high. What have you been doing? You've been eating that sugar again. Eating gin and tonic cake again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all gone, unfortunately. It was the end of the gin and tonic cake. Yeah, <clears throat> that was a while ago. So what's happening in your little world up in the north, the frozen north, which is not so frozen, I believe? Uh, it's not. Not so much frozen, I'm not going to give you a weather report this time, but I'm going to say what I've done the last week. Um, cool. Are you, sit- are you sitting, Kat? <laughs> Do I need to be sitting? I've, I've uh, watched ice getting sliced open. You've watched what? I've watched ice. ice getting sliced open. Eyes getting sliced open. Live eyes getting sliced open or dead Human eyes? Human eyes. Human eyes being lasered. Lids off, lasers in. Woohoo! And uh, why have you been watching such a macabre? <laughs> I'm. A, I. Uh, my wife had a laser surgery on her eyes. Laser oh, so you actually watched your wife's eyes being sliced yeah. open? Yes. Oh, how romantic! It is. But she loved it. <laughs> oh yeah, she did. She said uh, it was actually surreal. She. Surreal. So she's been, as I said, she's been laser correcting her eyes, which means that she won't need uh, lenses or glasses anymore, uh, oh. which is brilliant. But the operation is slightly disturbing because as you, know, <laughs> yeah. you can't you can't shut your eyes when you're going to do surgery on them. Sure. So she said that she had to lean back, and they they put this thing on her eye, which basically vacuumed itself to the eye, so they taped her eyelids open. And then I yeah. put this thing on her eye, used vacuum for it to really suck and stick. Um, and then they, the machine does the procedure, but basically what it does is slice off the, the, um, the clear part of your eye. A cornea. So you can get access to the inner part of the eye. And uh-huh. then it, it uses the laces to, I don't know why, what they do, but whatever they it do, she could see blends. it, which was fascinating. Seeing a knife wow. just getting closer and closer to your eye, and it's so freaky. You'd want to do, do they screw your head to something to stop your head from moving as well? I imagine uh, that would be quite a big thing. No, but there is something about the machine detecting if you move your eye or something. So if it does, it stops. And oh, the whole clever. thing is it's really quick, so it's just yeah. a matter of what from they start until they finish, it's just one and a half minutes or something per eye, I think. So it's really, it's, oh, it's wow. really quick. Oh, yeah, it's, it's really quick. quick. And the, and the and the correction itself is just a matter of seconds. What takes time is just setting up the machine and attaching it to your Get eyes and measuring and whatever they do. Uh, well, so it's, yeah. it's amazing, but uh, isn't that it, that's so cool? Technology is amazing. It is, but amazing. it it makes me squirm. That that that. Oh, you didn't have to go about, and watch. Yes, I did. it's got like a car crash. <laughs> you have to. It's like a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> I have to watch every gory detail. <laughs> Wow. That, well, see, that would have been quite different to when I had surgery on my eyes and I was only four years old and I had to have my eyes cut open. Um, yeah, but you so had actually, a different okay. kind of surgery, didn't you? Because you had some muscle stuff. Yeah, so they had to tighten the muscles of my eyes because I had a rolling eye. Um, 
And uh, you do roll your eyes rattles. quite a lot still. Yeah, not not in the way that I used to. <laughs> <laughs> That's only at you, Vigat. <laughs> All right. So I'm special. You're very special. <laughs> Don't ever doubt how special you are. <laughs> no, but anyway, yes, it is fascinating. And it's fascinating that just with uh, three minutes of pain, you can get a life free from visual corrective lenses and so so she can she see now can she actually see really oh, well oh yeah she will see immediately so what happens is that i think uh, you will see right after the operation it's just that your eyes is irritated and you have loads of tears and stuff so as the and, yep. it, and it hurts because of that vacuum thing is not it's not great for your eyeball eyeballs so it hurts it hurts after it feels like she said it feels like having um someone pouring sand on your eyes your vision is fine. It's just that it hurts. So the day yeah. after, she said that she could see clearly. And you could have some artifacts and stuff for the week after. But, but other than that, it's um, it's been a few so days. So she wasn't allowed to drive or anything like that, but she's fine. Oh, just for the first day. She could, could yeah. drive the day after. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's really That's cool. wicked. So That's guess what it cool. costs, Kat? Um, I hope it was really expensive. You hope it was expensive. What would expensive in your book be? I hope it was like really high value because you would expect it to be a very, 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 very good service. But could you, before I reveal... your eyes up. Yeah, but before I reveal the price, could you... I would expect it to be a few, few thousand, whatever, krona, what, I don't know what kronas are, so I don't know what's relative. Pounds, pounds. a few thousand pounds. It costs close, yeah, close to 4,000 pounds. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say around six, but I think that was yeah. what I was quite doing for mine. Yeah. yeah, and then they come to you know they get no uh, they get no uh, funding from the government or anything. So it's all private. So you come to this lovely yeah. place, clean, good looking offices, free coffee. They greet you like a normal person, not this, not this, you know, this arrogant. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to go on the rant. I, I was <laughs> about to. Yeah, <laughs> in Norway with arrogance. <laughs> yeah, I was about to go on the rant. I'm not going to go there, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, very professional. They follow you up after, etc., uh, etc. Et if something's wrong, they will correct it. Um, they check you out first to see if you qualify because you have to qualify because of medical conditions and stuff. Uh, yeah. So it, it was very professional. The procedure itself is really doesn't take much time, but it's worth every penny. And if you actually, if you count in the money you use on you spend on glasses or lenses for the rest of your life. It's actually worth Oh, well, true, actually, yeah. And the fact that you, um, with lenses themselves, you're sticking them in your eyes, so you've got the risk of infection each time you stick a lens in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's awesome. I wish I yeah. could get mine done. Um, but I think I've got too funny a vision for them to... Well, if you are special... I know for a fact that I have to go to someone very, very, very specialist because what I've got, no one else has got in the world. So, um, yeah. And you are very special as well. Mm. I am very special. There is no <laughs> doubt about that at all. No one should have any doubt about that. We have, uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on eyes, but uh, I just want to mention uh, our uh, mutual friend, John, our mentor, he did a lens change on his eyes. And he, right, yes, he yeah. paid for that. I can't remember what he said he paid, but let's say he paid 10 grand or something. But still, mm -hmm. there's a small price to pay to get perfect vision. Well, so what scares me is that people go away and do surgery or plastic surgery or aesthetician type stuff and, and they go to 
and they boast about how cheap they've got it. And they go to these strange countries that do really cheap plastic surgery or work. And then, and and wouldn't you think that if you're messing around with your features, <laughs> eyes particularly, but you know anything, your lips, your nose, boobs, whatever it is, you would want to make sure that you're going to the best because you don't want that fucked up. You do no. not want to end up with a nose halfway across your face or your eyes that you can't see or your lips like a trout. It's just you, surely you would pay for the best to get the best. It, it stuns me that people try and go to find the cheapest. Um, I, yeah, I understand cheapest why kind of price is a part of the process. But then again, you very quickly, I, I've never understood it either. You have people here who, who's, um, they, they, they go to Eastern Europe to get their teeth fixed because they're so cheap. Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. it is cheap. But what, first of all, what happens when you go back and something's wrong? Yeah, for sure. I had someone, <laughs> someone I know went to Eastern Europe. No, it was Thailand to get his, uh, his tooth fixed. And when he got back <laughs> and you looked at him, so he, he had one bright white front tooth <laughs> 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 and he went to the dentist and so he was so proud of it but people proud of it but people told him that look yeah. my, maybe it's too wide you should talk to the dentist when he got to the dentist the dentist said look we, we have to pull that out because it's not you can't well it will destroy your mouth you can't can't have it wow. so you have to yank it out so you had to pay for you know so it cost that, that money as yeah, well so it's a, it's, a, it's a fallacy really to get something done cheaply if you want something done well it's not necessarily cheap yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that wasn't what we were going to discuss on this podcast. No, so it is, it is a good digression. Up. It's a very good digression. Um, I don't know how to segue into this then because this has nothing to do with price. <laughs> um, I was um, I went to a, a seminar recently. It was about LinkedIn and how to use LinkedIn in your business to get more clients or better clients through the door. And there's lots of things on LinkedIn that you can do at the moment, which you used to be able to do on Facebook and Instagram um, that you can't do anymore, which is why a lot of people are really excited about using it at the moment. They think it's the next big thing to make you millions on. Um, I say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on. These same people, uh, haven't they said the same for 10 years and they're still not millionaires? This is, those are the ones, yeah, those are the ones. Um, so we ignore that, but um, th this thing, this uh, podcast is not about LinkedIn either. It's, <laughs> I was sitting at lunch with one of the people who were attending the seminar. Uh, he's Nigerian and he um, he was working here in Dubai <clears throat> um, uh, for a big company that deals with planes and selling planes and things like that. But he had a business in Nigeria, which was um, a pineapple farm. So he grows a pineapple, he grows pineapples and exports them around the world. And um, he was, I was talking to him because I find things like farming and, and manufacturing and stuff like that. I find it quite fascinating about how it works and what happens and um, the, you know, how the process and the systems work. And I asked him, I said, what is the, one of the biggest challenges you have with your farming um, business? And he said, which I hear from majority of salon owners, is the staff, finding good staff, the staffing, all the rest of it. And I said, well, what makes it particularly hard? And he said, well, it's um, the harvest season particularly is a really hard time of the year because it's um, we harvest pineapples when it's raining. 
in the rainy season when they're nice and juicy and succulent. And of course, it makes at being outside harvesting pineapples quite difficult. Um, and I said, well, what's the worst thing about that time of the year? What's the, what's the, what's the hardest thing for staff? And he said, malaria. I thought, but that's not something I hear every day. That's not the biggest staffing <laughs> challenge I hear <laughs> <laughs> at all, <laughs> malaria. He said, yeah, people, because obviously it's raining. Yeah, rainy, yeah chlamydia. <laughs> it's rainy season, there's mosquitoes, um, people have to work in the paddocks, that sort of thing. You know, they get bitten, they get malaria. You're listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Remember to sign up for the podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. Um, so he's having to invest heavily in anti-malarial um, drugs and trying to make sure his, his staff are safe from that. Because obviously if a staff member contracts malaria, that's pretty much fucked them up from being an active staff member for a while, um, <laughs> given some of the symptoms. So how, how, how lethal is that, is that nowadays? Um, well, it's people still die. So kids still die of malaria, don't they? They do, they do die. But, you know, there are – it depends on how much drug, how many um, – Drugs are around to help alleviate the symptoms once you get it. But it just keeps recurring, doesn't it? So it makes you lethargic and sick. So so, so what I thought was that there's a perspective in everything, that you might be having problems with your staff and you might be having problems with staffing in general, but at least you don't have to deal with malaria. Oh, <laughs> my God. Cat, was that the best you could do? No, that's not the and best you, I can do. You accuse me of being boring. <laughs> well, hell. at least you don't have malaria. Or you that don't have to make deal it with... sexy. Make it about stuffing pineapples up people's asses or something. <laughs> well, I'll leave that to you because I hear that you're um, on a chat room that talks about shoving pineapples up people's asses. <laughs> well, I am actually. I was in the. I'm, I'm following the Norwegian Libertarian Party. <laughs> and what that's their slogan? Uh, are we to, yeah, suddenly. Yeah, I'm not, there's, a, there's an election uh, of party leaders soon, and the candidates are listing out their arguments of why people should choose them. And I think that one of the discussions that came up is what, what uh, someone challenged the leaders to tell people what they would do with pineapples or something. Anyway, you had to be there. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things, but... It sure sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> Is your party manifesto? We'll all have a pineapple and see how fast you can shove it up your ass. <laughs> yeah. Who can get the furthest? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah anyway. So that was pineapples. What I'm trying to say is, I um, I I've been reading a book by a guy called Dr. Nigel Latter. He's a famous New Zealander. <clears throat> He's a psychologist, and he does a lot of work with kids, teenagers, um, small kids, behavioural problems families that sort of thing uh, and he does a really fantastic t television show it's called the politically incorrect guide to parenting so he's not a big fan of all this um make people feel special and give everyone a prize if even if they don't win type thing so he's very easy to listen to oh, that sounds <clears> like my kind of guy what was his name yeah. you, say? you said um, he was famous so i've never heard of him but yeah well he's famous world famous in new zealand um and uh, he's written a couple of really good books, and one of them I've been reading is about uh, raising teenagers because many QPV is coming up to that, that point in time. And the first thing, he, he talks about the principles of um, teenage behaviour 
and then talks about some methodologies about how to <clears throat> to cope within that the framework of how a teenager behaves. And the very first thing he says is um, always have some perspective. There's always perspective. There's always someone who might be worse off than you. Yeah. You know, your teenager might be giving you hell, but perhaps they're not, you know, succumbing to a, a terminal illness. Um, and a very, very good perspective to know is or to to take with you is where there is breath there's hope so stop check around is everyone breathing <laughs> okay there's hope <laughs> so even just the smallest things when things are going really wrong when things are not going well and you're having a bad day and the staff are pissing you off and yeah. they've done something wrong and clients are complaining because of it and all the rest of it just yeah. stop Take a breath. Is everyone breathing? Well, if everyone's breathing, there's hope. There is hope. And it's a fantastic um, thought for business as well, not just you know raising teenagers, but in your business life, you can get through the worst things. There are times when you'll feel like you just want to throw it all in. You don't know why you did this in the first place. You don't know. There's no one out there can help you. There's no one else out there that has the same understanding. They don't haven't done this before. And you'll think it's the worst thing in the world. But all you have to do is stop and think, am I breathing? There's still hope. And just do nothing. If you, if you For that day that you are feeling like shit, just do nothing. Because yeah. tomorrow is going to be a different day. And yeah, that's true. I mean, unless your boiler's broken down or you've got a fire and, you know, don't do nothing then. Make sure you're doing something yeah. to fix it. But if it's just all getting on top of you, just step away for a minute because it's never that bad. It's never as bad as having staff who getting malaria. It's easy to stress yourself up, isn't it? It is. And I know this is, you know, this is kind of a podcast where it's not about, you know, the processes and the systems and things, but we often don't talk enough about, as business owners, in fact, it's quite a lonely thing um, being a business owner yes. and it's quite hard and it's hard as a daily struggle. And even though people who are successful, they look amazing and they have all this stuff going on and they're photographed at the most glamorous events around the world, they, mean they still have problems. They still have days where they doubt what's happening for themselves and they doubt yeah. what um, success is and they doubt how good they are at business. So yeah. you're allowed to feel like that. That's just life. Yeah. But with this breath, there's hope. I have um I have someone I know uh, in a, in a uh, uh, well he's in the family I'm not gonna not gonna identify him anyway he was a carpenter and he always said that my job was so easy because I could just sit in my office all day well he had to go outside on chimneys and fix roofs and whatever and uh, I mean from the outside you can seem like I'm just sitting in the office all day but you don't see everything behind the facade so to speak you don't see what's going on in the background. No, and there could be some really nasty stuff going on in the background yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and so people hide things quite quite well because they don't yeah. want to be seen as being uh, fallible or you know weak. So give yourself a break. Yeah, keep breathing. Yeah. Keep breathing. That's good advice. So uh, the pineapple thing that was just um, that wasn't the main thing. <laughs> it wasn't the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just was. It was a good story. It was, it a, was good a good story. story. You made it into a crap story. <laughs> I made it into a crap story. You made it into a crap story. I didn't. I so didn't. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's true. It is lonely being a business owner sometimes. Well, not today, but because as you can hear, I have a little princess on my lap. 
Is she going to say hello? She's probably not going to say hello, but she might wave to you. Now, now she's bored. Wants to go back to the. She's bored. <laughs> Uh, which makes um, business life not boring, does it? When you have uh, well, so they make kids it around you, challenging. you don't have time to be bored. True. You have time to be distracted. There's a different And by the way, very interesting what you brought up with uh, with a guy. I had to Google him while you talked. Was it Nigel Latta or something? Nigel Latta, yeah. yeah. L-A-T-T-A, yeah. And he, he published an article back in 2008 uh, with tips for taming teenagers, which I'm going to read yeah. when we are done here, because uh, I have teenagers in the world, and uh, it's not always easy, to put it that way. <laughs> it's not. No. It's not. But if you can deal with teenagers or children, you can deal with clients. It's the same well, principle. that's true. It's the same. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, my um, someone I know, she was at a course called... Uh, how to deal with difficult people uh, okay. and that was of course by an employer because she was working she was serving as a help desk uh, person, right. I think at the time yeah. and, and I teach you about all that I teach you techniques to calm down people have read at you for instance or shouted you in your face or threatened to do stuff or stuff like that just to how to calm people down and how to yeah. put things as you did how to put things into perspective because uh, it's not always easy when it's uh, when everything's burning around you. No, it's not. But anyway, yeah. breathe. Just take a minute. Yeah, and breathe. I'm I'm actually having problems breathing now because my little my little snake kid is over at my overhead flight panel and flicking the switches. Um, <laughs> for the cool. listeners, uh, who don't know that. Dressed herself upside down. She's I'm into uh, flight simulation, so I have some uh, flight simulator parts. <laughs> Touch the buttons. Once, yeah, and what she's fiddling with is the overhead panel of a Boeing 737. And I don't want her to Ready touch any of those knobs. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch the knobs. Yeah, accidental takeoff inside the office. Okay, I'm going to leave it there. So what yeah. What do you need listeners to do right now? We need a listeners. Yeah, you. this is a confusing episode, isn't it? Uh, I need the listeners to go and... Well, first of all, you need to go and rate us. That's uh, priority number one. Priority number two is that if you want Kat and I to uh, record a private podcast for you, just about your business and your problems and your challenges, you could go to the goyoursalandfastshow.com right now and click on the private podcast link. Uh, I should add there that there won't be as much banter and joking as there is on these uh, public episodes. We will actually dig down, you will fill in a questionnaire, you will answer some questions about what you do, what your problems are, what you need help with, and Kat and I will work on that, and we will record a private podcast, which is a 30-minute recording just for you, uh, about you, basically. And at the moment, it's really, really affordable, which we will have to do something about shortly. I think it's still just 117 or something. Uh, we need to raise that bar. Uh, but, uh, I mean, if you're quick, you can still get it for the old price. Cool. That's awesome. Let's go and do it. Go and do it now. Don't miss out. And we'll speak to you next time. You've been listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Share and sign up for your podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com.